Gut. There we go. Happy days. I want to talk about something that's really pissing me really um, because the numbers are starting. That this New Zealand Olympic lifter who was once a dude can now compete against women. And let's be honest, that's not fair. It's, it, it's testament to the world we live in at the moment. But the, my problem is that, well, I've got two daughters, right? And I help raise Gail's daughter. So I've got two seven-year-olds in the house and a four-year-old. Now, Lucia, is Gail's, Gail's daughter, is talented as hell when it comes to athletic ability. Something I've been good at all my life has been able to spot athletic ability. This child has got potential to go places when it comes to sprinting and just gymnastics and all these type of things. And then my daughter, Sive, she's a bit clumsy at the moment. She's only seven, but she's strong as hell. And I can see the potential in her for strength sports. Now, the chances are they are going to be pretty athletic and pretty competitive because of my influence and Gail's influence and just my sort of competitive nature and the the the, the thing I'm in, the business I'm in, means that they're going to be around training, they're going to be around exercise their whole lives and that's probably going to have a knock-on effect. So I'm looking at my daughters and I'm looking at Lucia and stepdaughter and I'm thinking to myself, how the hell are they going to be able to, to have a chance of competing when they've got when we're living in a society that applauds men deciding that they're not good enough to compete against other men, so they're going to declare themselves as women <clears throat> and compete against other women. Listen, I'm from an MMA background, 20 odd years. And like recently there was a woman fighting who used to be a guy, and she broke the skull of other women. That, that's not competitiveness, that's fucking insanity. And as a society, this left-wing fucking inclusive community bullshit society we've got, like it's just completely been taken over the MSM, is pushing this to the point where if you dare speak up and speak about reality, then you're orchestrated, you're cancelled. Do you know where that they were trying to push he and she is no longer allowed and society's going like off topic. But apparently, I just seen an article that the first gay anal childbirth. What the fuck is going on in the world when two men? You they what is it now? They've got anal ovary um, rectum transplant. I know. Seen this article and I was like, what the fuck? Apparently, two couple, a gay couple in 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 LA, give birth to the first anal anally born child. Like, what the fuck's going on, society? But we're, we're going too crazy. They and the, them, instead of he and she, we're being conditioned. And we're because we're being bombarded by the mainstream media again and this narrative, people are actually starting to forget that when you're cheering these people on for coming out and now being women, and now, and I, listen, I don't care. If you, if you want to identify as a woman and you want to go to that, the extremes to get your dick cut off, here, fair play to you. I'm more than respect you. But what I'm not going to respect is then you deciding to use your God knows how many decades of being a man and developing male strength and, you know, the bone density and the testosterone levels and the muscle mass. If you decide after 30 years, say, 
that you now want to be a woman and you want to identify as a woman and you even want to go for the full operation and become legally a woman, that's fine. But the minute you tell me that you and I want to compete in MMA against women or you want to compete and run like sprints against women or you want to go into Olympic lifting or judo or wrestling or some sort of combat sport and you're going to compete as a woman against women though you've spent 30 years of your life as a man, fuck off. And, and anyone that applauds that needs a slap. And I'm, I'm really pissed off at this because I'm looking at my daughters and I'm thinking, what's it going to be like if they want to compete? Just say my daughters get to the Olympics. There's, there's women now going to the Olympics and women who have trained their lives, trained their balls off, sacrificed so much, sacrificed maybe having children, sacrificed relationships, sacrificed jobs, have had to push harder than men. Let's be honest, men do men get a lot easier job in society when it comes to this equality. And that's why, and listen, I'm a slagger. Like anyone in my gym knows how much of a slagger. I love winding Gail up and being sexist. I love winding a couple of girls up in the gym and being sexist simply because I'm a slagger, not because I'm sexist. But when it comes to reality, when it comes to actual on-the-ground incidents that are happening and affecting people, I will stand up and, and champion the, the people who need to be championed. And society, we're full of cards. We're full of ballless bastards who will not stand up and speak their mind and speak the truth and actually say what needs to be said. These women are not women. Legally, they may be women, but... Their testosterone levels are not women. We've got the exact thing of uh, some American athlete. She's she's not going to get the run in the, I think it's a, a 100-meter sprinter or 400-meter um, hurdler. I can't remember. But she smoked weed and she's been banned. But she's going to be she's going to take a 30-day ban and she's going, to be, she's going to be allowed to do the relay. Now, this woman has trained. She smoked weed. Weed isn't a fucking, it's not as dry, uh, like a, a, a performance-enhancing drug. It should be, it's mad that it's illegal. But... She's taking the she's taking her ban on the chin, but at the same time, this New Zealand Olympic lifter, who has got more testosterone in him than probably myself, and he's going to go up against other women. But that's allowed. That's that's fine. So you can see. So if a woman smokes weed, and okay, she broke the rules. I get that. She's banned. But this guy has got levels of testosterone. That if a woman in the same in the same competition was to take testosterone. And she probably still wouldn't be at the same level he is. She would be banned, but he's applauded. And user and people are okay with this. Society seems to be this is okay, like you know, and they're they're encouraged. What the fuck is going on with us? What is happening today? Look at the Norwegian female team uh, volleyball. The Norwegian female volleyball team have just been fined because they have opted to wear shorts instead of bikini bottoms. So the men. They're wearing shorts and that's fine. But because the women, and listen, like I said, I'm not I'm wind up women to be sexist, to be wind up, but when it comes to it, I'll speak the truth. These women have dedicated just as much, they've sacrificed just as much as the men, and they deserve to be treated as equally as the men when it comes to being athletics. In fact, they shouldn't be seen as females or males, they should be seen as athletes, because whether you're male or female. You're still going to be competing. You're still going to be having to dedicate your time. You're still going to make all these sacrifices. You're still going to have to be the elite. And they have pushed themselves and worked so hard to get to this position. And now, because they've opted to to wear shorts so their their asses aren't on display for the world and they're not seen as set objects of sexual objects and rather maybe admired as athletes, they're being fined for that. What the fuck is going on with the Olympic Committee? What is going on with why? Why is this allowed? How can, how can we, in 2021, applaud men for becoming women and competing against women and beating the shit out of women in, in, a, in a female sport or destroying women, but 
we can't applaud women who want to be seen as athletes and not objects of sexual desire. That to, to me, this is insanity. Um, to me, that's insanity, and it's just it's just prime example of what is wrong with 2021. Like when I first started MMA back in 1999 or 2000, whenever it was. It was a male dominant sport. There was no females. Now, females done judo. I know a couple of girls from Andy Town who are black belts in judo, and they would beat the shit out of most men because they've got those skills and those abilities. But I never, I actually, I was the first one that, uh, if he's follow MMA and local MMA, you'll know Liam Court. I was the guy that decided that I was the guy that pushed Leah into starting MMA. I could I seen the potential there. She she came to my my the end gym, my Friday gym was Friday Academy Ireland. She came to, to us then as like a 17-year-old. And within a year she was snatching a 32 kilo kettlebell. And I remember the strength of her and she was a good Muay Thai fighter and she had good she was a good judo background and she loved fighting. And look what she's done for MMA in the local scene in in, in this country. And she's an Bellator. She's she's an, like ambassador for female sports. And there are so many female athletes. Right now, we are in a position where true female athletes could be influencing, have the, have the potential and have the positioning to influence so many other young females. Like, look at, like, I've always been very vocal about McGregor. I've, I've never liked his, um, his attitude. I've, I've, I'm an old school martial artist. I got into MMA when, when it was kids fighting without know, the headbutt, when there was a karate guy against a judo guy, when there was a wrestling guy against a boxer, when there was no MMA, it was just, let's see whose martial arts the best. And I can always remember that, that going through the system. And I remember when women started coming in and there was resistance. And then uh, Ronda Rousey got in the UFC and she just showed just how much, how, how, how much potential there could be in the female divisions. And the, the fights were so exciting. And then she got beat by Katie Holmes, and it was another phenomenal fight. And, and then you've got Nunes, you've got all these different, um, your woman Rose, now, whatever her name is, I can't remember her name now. But um, these girls are seriously influential for other females. And young girls are watching. I, I watched McGregor, and I can remember I was going, he, before anyone knew McGregor, when he was on the local circuit scene, he was a scumbag. He was a but his friends were scumbags. He was just he was a product of his environment. You could see it, and even on that last fight, you could still see he's still a product of his environment. You know, he let himself down badly. Now, Rogan shouldn't have probably um, interviewed him with a broken leg, with his leg hanging too. I get that, and he's probably just spoke, but he spoke for he spoke with emotion. You're right, Teddy. It is fucked up. Um, McGregor spoke with emotion because, but. He spoke from his old his old place, who he who he was, and you could and you he let him he let everyone see who he was. So I don't think he's what you call a great role model for kids. He was a great like I'll give him when he got beat for the first time against Diaz. His response was that of an athlete. It was that of a warrior. I just I, that's the moment that I did have respect for McGregor when he didn't. There was no excuses why he got beat. He just got beat and he accepted it and he and he looked into himself and um. He looked into himself and he, he tried to find his own ways and his, his own feelings and improving them. That is what you should do. That point, that McGregor was a proper influence. And I also get the reason why he does it because he's selling tickets and it's a big show and he needs money and it's a business. It's no longer, it's no longer a martial art, it's a sport. So I get that. But he's still 
not a good influence for the 11, 12 year olds. And as an ex MMA fighter, as as like I owned one of the biggest, I founded one of the biggest uh, gyms there was the MMA gyms there was in this country. I was I've always enjoyed grassroots coaching over the UFC. I've been to the UFC. I was one of I, I walked Stevie Lynch in. I was one of I was part of the coaching team. My, my coach David Patterson was main coach. I was helping him when he's in Belfast, and I trained with Stevie Howay. And I was lucky enough. I was one of the first guys. I was the first guy actually with Davey and Stevie to walk into the UFC octagon um, from Ireland, and it was phenomenal. It was the, it was an amazing experience. Like I would never change it, and it's 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 suppose it's a feather in your cap. You can say you were the first guy to do that in the country, but I still got more enjoyment out of coaching the grassroots kids because I was bullied as a child. I, I, and the, for me, the greatest influence, I, the greatest thing I could ever do for, for as a coach was when I watched a child who I got a young boy, man, young boy, maybe 13, 14, walking into my gym and I could smell off him the fear. I could see within him the 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 young the young man that I was the terrified young kid who was who was always bullied and always beat up and had no confidence and to see that child go from the person I was that type of child I was to a young man who can arm bar and punch and get into a cage and fight in front of a thousand people that transformation to know that I had an impact like that was phenomenal so I understand the um the importance of role models because I was a role model back then. You know, like when I was coaching these kids, even though I was only imparting knowledge and I was just doing what I loved, now as a 44-year-old man, I step back. I was their role model. I, you know, maybe some of these kids probably didn't have father figures and my, my masculine sport, you know, we're very, very alpha male sport. Um, you're looking for that positive real mo- role model. I was that role model for a lot of those kids. And I did get a lot of my friends, young, but you're your 30 year old kids, uh, men now. But as kids, they walked up to me later in life going, You stopped me killing myself, or you stopped me going to prison, or I stopped drug dealing because because of this club. You know, so I, I understand the influence that the positive role model you can be. So I don't like McGregor for the way he's getting on, though, because he doesn't. I know he's selling fights, but. If he wants uh, the sport that's given him so much to flourish, well, then he needs to maybe start thinking about what his the power his words, the power his actions have on young and up-and-coming fighters. Because I said, it's one of the reasons I got out of the MMA scene was because of McGregor's attitude and what the, the influence I've seen it having on younger fighters. You know, I've seen kids coming on. Mike, how's it going, mate? Dave, how's it going? I, I would see kids coming on to Facebook, never fought before, and they would start slobbering to their opponent. I'm going to rip your head off. And then obviously their wee yes man would all come on because this 14-year-old kid does MMA. So obviously he's the best fighter in the school. And that's that sort of um that sort of like culture came about. And what happened was you got two kids who never fought, maybe 15, 16. You had these fucking promoters, which I'm 50-50 on. I don't like the promotions in the country, really. I understand there needs to happen, but I also don't like the way promoters fill um these shows with amateur fighters charge pro rate uh prices to get into watch these fighters and basically destroy these kids confidence there needs to be a structure like Danny Core I again I'm proud to say that I started this with Danny though I walked away from it Danny Danny's made it amazing but Danny Core's made a system has, has launched a system for amateur MMA in this country and it is the it's now the the blueprint for the world of amateur MMA it's phenomenal what he's done and one of the things we always said was, you know, young kids, there should be in-club fighting. So you invite another club to come in and it's only fighters and coaches. And that gives the kid, and there's no punch to the head. 
but that gives the kids the adrenaline dump they need. That stepping out of their comfort zone enough to put them under pressure, but not enough that they'll collapse them down, that they'll close them in. And then there's a stepping stone. So you go from that, then you go to like maybe family members coming to watch the fights, to a small show, to a bigger show, to bigger shows and professional. And like that, that, that's the way it should be done, right? But then what we had was we had kids coming on to like a, a big show, maybe a thousand people in the show audience, walking out and just like rabbits in the headlights, frozen. One kid, most amateurish fight you could ever watch. It was like watching two kids in a schoolyard fighting. They, they just went back, and they are going. They just go back to what they always done, and they would throw punches. It looked terrible, but one kid would get beat, one kid would win. The kid who got beat. Would probably never come back to MMA again. He was gone because that beating he took was so bad after the slabbering gun. And the kid who won, his ego went through the roof so much that he became worse than that. And that's the McGregor influence that I've seen happening. So that's why I walked away. But in the female sports, in the female divisions, there are serious athletes and serious martial artists who the women can, who women can look up to and admire. And that is what I love. Now, for example, Gil and I, we will watch. I will record the UFC. And Gail will and I will get up the next day and we'll watch the whole thing from start to finish. And it's it's something I really look forward to because I see Gail. Now Gail's a 35-year-old woman. But I when I, I watch Gail more often than I watch the female fighters, because when Gail's watching the female fighters, you can see it in her eyes, you can see it in her body position. She's leaning in, she's excited. It's influencing her, and she's a 35-year-old woman. It's very empowering for women to see other women competing at the highest level in what would be a male-dominant sport because the reality is they can. And some of them, in fact, there was a girl I used to grapple with, Chrissy, in Australia. If Chrissy, you're watching, how are you doing? And when I was when I was training roots with Paulo Gamirez, and Chrissy was a white belt. I was a white belt, come on, blue belt, I think. But Chrissy was the worst person you could fight against. One, because the ego was strong in me. I was 27. But two, because her, her female attributes... Females are more flexible. They're more. They're more wiry. They're, they're harder to grapple against. Like they're, they're like fucking water. They're all over you. Chrissy was one of those girls who just all over you, and she could compete against any man. Like I was way stronger than her, and Chrissy would regularly tap me out. Philippa, who was a purple belt, she smashed a life out of me. She would just smash me and leave me on the floor. Women have the ability, so much, so much more ability, especially in grappling sports, where where there is the um. Where leverage, strength is, is like, okay, strength does have a, a, a play a factor in it, of course, but you have this ability to um, negate the strength factors by using leverage and using technique and using skills and experience to overcome them, flexibility, mobility. And that's what Chrissy done to me. She would, her legs would come into positions and she would do all these donkey guards that wouldn't even exist then, but it was donkey guard and all these crazy moves that really put me under pressure and, and forced me to tap. And looking back at it, I think that's amazing. We've got a sport where women can compete and beat men. Uh, you know, like an untrained man doesn't have a hope against a, a woman who's a like purple belt, brown belt in jiu-jitsu. You just don't. And sorry, don't you don't. And I love watching Gail being so inspired and so, and so much so that Gail has Gail has true potential. And I, I genuinely like I like I, I'm I'm qualified to speak about martial arts, MMA and grappling. Um, I've been doing it 22 years. I've been coaching it for God knows how long, and I can see potential. I'll tell you, um, turn it down. I actually don't know anyone. I'll, I'll find out. I'll be able to find out very easily. In my head, in my head, some sort of space to think of it. But I'll tell you a story about Gail. We were watching the on the we were watching the UFC on the 
TV. Now, listen, what Gail and I do, it's mad. We always end up fighting. Always end up fighting. So I'll ask Gail for TV controls. No, I'm not giving it. There's a grapple. And we, we go at it turn to turn. Because my hips are so bad, there's actually a real um, equal... equal it's a, it's, as soon as if Gail gets on top of me, I'm screwed. I can't get anyone off me now because my hips are so bad. But it gives a chance. So Gail and I will fight. And there was one time Gail done something. She didn't know she'd done it. <clears throat> I had my hand against the sofa. And she put her foot against my hand and blocked it, and I couldn't get it out. Threw her other arm or other foot under here and started arm barring me. And it was so on so tight that I uh, heard two pops. And I made the I made the conscious decision that I wasn't going to tap and I was going to let her break my arm because I would rather have my arm break than tap from my fiance who had never grappled in her life. So I eventually got out of it, luckily, and I told her and she freaked out. She's like, Jesus, but she's got so much potential. And She's she's very good at grappling, and she would never have really had that interest, only for the fact that I've got an interest in MMA, and I started grappling, I st and I started watching UFC, and she started getting interested in it. And when she's seen other women doing it, well, then she got excited, and she, and she's now interested. Now she's grappling, and I, I make a prediction: in two years, she'll be Irish champion, without doubt. I know that for a fact. I made that call. Remember, I said that. But how can like what do we do? Like why are we allowing? Someone like I can't remember your woman's name, but she was born a man or she's born really high testosterone. I know she's like hermaphrodite almost, but she chose to fight women, even though her testosterone levels are so much higher than women. Her strength is so much higher than women, and she's literally breaking women's skulls with her punches. There has to come a point where we have to say no. There has to come a point where we have to, as a society, say enough's enough. It is not right that our our young, our children, our daughters. Um, our nieces, our grandchildren, our granddaughters are being forced to compete against biological men. And it's like, listen, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I can, here, here's how crazy it is, I can identify as a woman today and go and compete against females. Now, how the fuck, no offence, but I'm doing this 22 years. I, I know how to slow a fight down. Even though I can't move in the positions, I'm strong. I know I've got that old man strength. I've been living kettlebells, living weights for half, over half my life, probably three three, uh, three quarters of my life. I've been doing MMA and grappling for 20 years, over half my life. There, there's no chance. They have no hope in hell of beating me. And that's the problem. We're, but society is accepting this. Society is allowing men to become women or men to identify as women and then compete against other women. And we're applauding it. Folks, it's, uh, I'm, it's not even talking. I'm just, I'm just ranting today because I'm annoyed because the Olympics are starting. I'm, I've got two daughters. I've got There's that fuckwit who's going to compete against, lift weights against other women, even though he's a man. Like, why are we accepting this? Why, why are we not out absolutely going nuts over this, screaming about, like, how they unfair it? Because it is. We're, 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 this generation is, a, is setting the foundations that will prevent women from ever having a chance of competing against other women, and maybe, but how many, how many women have sacrificed decades of their lives to compete in this Tokyo Olympics, and they're now going to miss out? Maybe just, just say they get fourth. Just say, um, one woman finishes fourth in the Olympics today in the weightlifting. One, one woman, one woman is going to finish fourth. But let's say that New Zealand guy finishes first. The fourth, the fourth, uh, the fourth place was female. Has been deprived of, of saying of having that legacy saying I am an Olympian, I am an Olympic medal winner. So why why should she be allowed? Why should she be deprived of this right? So a guy, 
and I'm going to call him a man because he's a man. I don't care. He's a man. He's who's who's a card to compete against other men because he couldn't do it. He was not good enough. But now he's being given the right by an Olympic committee to compete against females and take away the right, take away the the chance of another woman of winning Olympics. That's wrong. That is so wrong. And we need to take a look at ourselves. It's it's getting pathetic. But anyway, I'm done today. I'm just going to rant on. So I'll speak to you later and uh, have a good day, folks.